No doubt, for many, the highlight of Seder night is the Manishtana. The Manishtana is, for little children, the time that they get to shine. Children practice the Manishtana in many languages, and all of the parents and grandparents around the table, Kvel, and they shat nachas at being able to see young children initiating questions. And for me as a child, I always had the same sentiment every single year after I had asked the Manishtana. And then I listened to my father start singing Avadim Ayinu, and it sort of left me scratching my head and saying, and thinking, I would never say it, but I was thinking, what's the answer? I asked four questions, questions that are pretty concrete questions. Why is this night different from all other nights? And all of the nights we eat chametz and matzah, tonight just matzah, and all of the nights we eat all types of vegetables, tonight marah, normally we dip once, now we dip twice. We eat, whether sitting or reclining on normal nights, and tonight we only recline. Good questions. So you'd expect the father to start dissecting those questions and explaining one by one what the point of matzah is, and what the point of murder is, and why we're dipping twice, and why we're reclining. Like, let's just, you know, if I was designing the Agada, I would probably do Rav Gamliel right away and explain all the mitzvahs halayla, but instead, that's not how the Baal Agada arranges it. The Baal Agada starts giving us a whole detour and starts telling us, we were slaves, and HaKadosh Baruch took us out of Egypt, that didn't answer any question. And then we bring a Misa that happened in Abrak. And then we bring some Drushas about We speak about the four sons. I mean, by the time you're finished, by the time you get up to any real concrete answers, the kids are either long asleep or they're long gone. They're not, they're not at all tuning in anymore to what the answer to these four questions are. Now, if it's a real question, if these are questions that are really meant to be questions and not just a way of, you know, keeping the kids awake, so then where is the answer to these questions? How is Avad Mayino explaining to the child the answer to these four questions? I saw recently a Misa that happened with Rishaf that the morning after Seder night, Rav Shach asked the grandchild, I don't know if the grandchild was at his grandfather's Seder or he was at his parents' sarim, not with Rav Shach, but Rav Shach basically puts this child on the spot and says, did you ask, you asked the, the Manishtana last night, right? He says, yes. He says, no, what was the tariffs? What was the answer to the question? And the kid was like, blah, blah, I don't know. I don't know, good question, I don't know. I, I asked the question, honestly, I didn't get the answer. And Rav Shach was very upset about this. And he says that that's not the way to learn. When it comes to learning Torah, a person has to be very interested, not just in asking questions, but also in, in having an Eizan Shemaz to hear the answer. To illustrate this point, Rav Shach brought a a maisa that happened, um, Rav Eisel Ocharif, one of the great Kedalim in Europe, a few hundred years ago, he had a daughter who he wanted to marry off. She was a very desirable girl. Rav Eisel Ocharif was one of the Gaine Hadar, and I think he had some money as well, it didn't hurt. And so a lot of, a lot of Yeshiva Bachim would have loved to do that shidduch. So Rabbi Zlacharif went to Volozhin. Volozhin was, of course, the Aviha Yeshivas, the, the great capital of all the Yeshivas in the world. It was really the, the, um, 
it was the the root of all yeshivas. All the yeshivas come from Belazhin. If you come to my sukkah on Sukkot, I have a beautiful poster in my sukkah that I bought many years ago. I don't think it's for sale anymore, um, but it has the yeshiva Belazhin on top of it, and then it's sort of like a tree, and it branches down to all of the contemporary yeshivas, Bismanenu, and how everything comes from Belazhin. So he went to the yeshiva Belazhin to find the perfect bacha for his daughter. And with the rishus of the Rosh Hashiva at the time, I think it was of Chaim Melajner, he went into the base Medrash and he put a question to the Ilam, a bomb question. Rabbi Ezel Kharif was is a genius. And so he asked a very, very strong question and the whole yeshiva erupted in a tumult to try to find the answer because he put a bounty on that question. He said, whoever gives me the best answer gets my daughter. So everybody was going crazy and they were thinking and they were tumbling and they were harming and the whole, and every single guy that suggested an answer of Eisel right away shot down. He says, no, you can't say that because of this reason. You can't say that because of the other reason. And one after another, all the guys like were walking away, Abu B'chafli Rush, they were, you know, dejected, Nebuch, you know, didn't work out for me. How to do? How'd you do? No, none of us are able to get it. Anyway, Rav said, thank you, everybody. I, it's been a pleasure. And he gets into his wagon, and he's about to start driving away, co- going home. And there was a bang on his, on, his, uh, on his wagon door. And the driver stops the horses, and Rav looks out of his window and says, you know, he sees the Yeshiva Bacha there, and he says, did you want to tell me an answer? I don't think you ever tried answering the question. He says, no, I don't have an answer. He says, so what do you want? He says, well, I'm not letting you go until you tell me the answer. He says, you are my new son-in-law. He says, I didn't need the perfect answer. I don't need a person that's a genius for my daughter but I wanted somebody that was a mavakesh. I wanted somebody that was interested in knowing the answer. And none of the guys in the yeshiva were really interested. They wanted to say their own teruts, and they wanted to get the right answer, but they didn't want to know what my answer was. And that buffer, I've heard different versions of who the buffer is, and in the safer where I saw it from Rav Shach, he says that the buffer was Rav Yasef Mislutsk. The great Rabbi Yassalom Mislutsk, who we've spoken about previous Pesach Shmuzin years ago. I don't know how many of you were there or how many of you, even if you were there, remember it, but it was a great Shmuz. I and Shum. Um, but, Sir Shaf says you have to know the answer. The main thing is not, the main thing is not asking questions. The Manishtana is not just about having, you know, children prepare canned questions and then going to sleep and running away, you have to stick around for the answer and you have to hear the answer and you can't leave the Seder if you don't have the answers. And the Baal doesn't seem to be helping us too much here because it's not clear what the answer to the Manishtana is. Everybody knows that there's a Manishtana that night, but I would venture to say that very few people in the room could explain how Avod Mayinu answers the Dalatashas. And this is not something that only bothered me. This is something that bothered many Mepharshim. And if you look in, you know, they have such great Haggadahs nowadays. You know, this is a great one from Machon Yerushalayim. It's called Eitzim Mepharshim Haggadah. Mesifta just came out with the Haggadah. And it's an encyclopedia. And they have many, many question, many Mepharshim that ask this question. So I felt good that I wasn't the only person, you know, that didn't get the answer to the Dalatashas. The Abar Benel asks this question. He has his Mahalach, and the Abudram has his Mahalach, and many, many other Mepharshim ask this question and try really hard to come up with some plausible explanation for how Abad Mayinu is at all a terrorist to the Manishtana.
So I want to suggest a new Mahalach in the Manishtana and how Abad Mayino really answers the Manishtana. My Taich in Manishtana is, and obviously it's, it's a novel idea, but if you don't like it, don't say it over. What the child is asking, what the child is asking is, Manishtana halayla azeh Meaning, what are we doing here tonight? All of a sudden tonight, we're dressed differently. Everybody's dressed in their finest begotten, and you know, maybe your father's wearing his kittel, and the children are all dressed up, and we have pillows, and we're reclining, and we have silver on the table, and we're all like angelic. Tonight's a night that we're like mamish supposed to be b'nei chayrin, and we're sitting around the seder table, even people that are not b'nei tayra, people that are kimat, not shayim Shabbos. I mean, I think it's probably a lot less than it was a generation ago, but Pesach, Passover is a time that people get together of all stripes, of all, of all backgrounds, and they come and they sit together by a Pesach Seder. It's a traditional event that is really the highlight of many people's annual religious observance is Pesach. And they get their matzahs and they have their wine. And we sit around the table, regardless of what we did last night and the night before, tonight we're all sitting around the table, holy and pure, and we're singing together, and we're saying divrei together, and it's mamish ayam haba, if it's done right, it's a beautiful experience, that's the way it's supposed to be. And the child, and we're all children of all ages, might be scratching their head and wondering, why is this night different from all other nights? All of a sudden, tonight, we're acting so different and so holy. This is not who I am. This is a charade. This is not who I am. All other nights of the year, I'm not acting this way. All other nights of the year, I'm eating chametz. Chametz is the Sahara. I'm engaged in all types of things. All of a sudden tonight I'm eating matzah. I'm very holy. I'm very from sitting around the table eating only matzah for me. What's going on? What are we doing here? How are we in all honesty sitting around the table and pretending to be these holy rabbis like they were in, in B'nai Brap that were sitting around and discussing Yitzhak Mitzrayim that night? This is not the madrega that I am on. I'm not such a pure, big tzaddik. We're doing all these things. The whole year I'm not eating mara. I'm eating all whatever I want to eat. Any, any ruckus I'm eating. Tonight I'm sitting, kalacha, I'm doing exactly what Chazal told me to do. All the night I'm dipping once. Tonight is special. I'm doing twice. I'm reclining. Normally I don't recline. So what, what is this? A child is somebody that wants to get to the bottom of things. He wants the truth. He hates hypocrisy. If there's one thing that people that are true, and children are true people, that they can't, they have no stomach for, it's hypocrisy. Don't try to sell me something that's not me. It doesn't fit. This is not something that is working for me. This is not who I am. Tonight, all of a sudden, we're holy. Tonight's different. Why is tonight different? If this is the way we are tonight, and this is the way we're supposed to be, let's be this way the whole year. And if I'm different the whole year, then what's tonight going to do for me? That's, I believe, the nature of the Manishtana. It's asking, why is this night different? Not just Stam, how why is this night different? But what's going on over here? How can we claim to be different tonight if the rest of the year we're not this way, we're not so holy, and we're not so pure, and we know that probably tomorrow night or the night after we're going to be back to where we are normally with the same chametz and the same regular behavior. Why is it that tonight we're able to sit around and 
go through all of the motions of being B'nai Chayrin and, and this, these elevated people when it's not really who we are the rest of the year. Now, I want to ask you a trivia question. Who was the first person on Pesach to ask the Manishtana? It's a rhetorical question. Don't raise your hand. Um, you know, it's like the joke, who was the first person uh, to learn Chumash with Rashi? Rashi's father. Rashi's father learned Chumash with Rashi. Um, it's sort of like that. Who was the first person to say the Manishtana on Pesach night? Pesach night, who was the first person? So, there's a Medrash. There's a Meridik and Medrash. The Medrash says that when Klal Yisrael were leaving Mitzrayim on Seder night, there was a Malach by the name of Uzzah. Uzzah was the Soresh on Mitzrayim. Every country in the world has their own guardian angel. The guardian angel of Mitzrayim, his name is Uzzah. And Uzzah asked the following question. You can look it up in the Medrash. Ma nishtano elu me'elu. Uzzah is asking Akasha, you're taking, HaKadosh Baruch you're taking the Jewish people out of Mitzrayim, right? These big tzaddikim. Ma nishtano elu me'elu. Why are these people different than those people? Meaning, why are the Jewish people that you're doing all these miracles for, why are they different? Why are the Jews different than the Egyptians? The Jews are just like the Mitzvah are over the many years of servitude. Klai Yisrael, unfortunately, was very influenced and they were forced into a situation that they also had to be Eved Avedizara. So if everybody's being Eved Avedizara, how are you picking out the Jews against the Egyptians? The Jews are the great ones and the Egyptians are terrible. Ma nishtanu elu So on Seder night, the first Questioner of Manishtana was not a little kid by the Seder table in Mitzrayim. It was Uzzah, the Sarish of Mitzrayim. He was the first one to ask the Manishtana. And the nature of this question is the same exact nature of the Manishtana as I'm presenting what a child's question of Manishtana is. Why is this night different than all other nights? Who are we trying to kid? The whole year. We're also Kilu Khalilu Aibidabizar. We're also not so holy. So now all of a sudden tonight we're acting holy? Just like Uzzah said about Kalyasar, they're not so holy. They're all the same. Let's be real. The Jews are also Abidabizara. How are you making this big difference between them and the Mitzrim when they're all Abidabizara? And that's the nature of the question of the Manishtana. How are we sitting here Seder night and pretending to be so from and so holy and so pure with our kittles and with our wine and with our matzahs and with our mara? Manishtana elu me'elu. Manishtana alayu azamikal It's not true. This is not who I am. This is a charade. Now, what was the answer that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Uzzah? And I think if we see the answer that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Uzzah, we will understand the, question, the answer that the Father gives the Son on Seder night. HaKadosh Baruch Hu answers Uzzah to his question, Do you think that Klai Yisrael, when they were they did it midaitam? You think they really wanted to do that? Do you think 
The state of mind is important. The reason why Kali Yisrael were Ayyad Abedazar was because they were enslaved and they were tortured and they were embittered and their minds were not clear. Their minds were not able to focus from the Shibud. And so if they made bad decisions, if they made the poor decision of being Ayyad Abedazar, that wasn't who they were. That was not who they were. The Atta Don you Uzzah, is that really your question? It's apples and oranges. What's your question? You can't compare a Yid and a Mitzri. A Mitzri, when he is Eved Avedizar, he's doing it in He really wants to. When a Yid is Eved Avedizar, it's a Shaygeg. It's not what he really wants to do. Deep down inside... The Yidin would never be Eved Avedizara. The Yidin are so good. They're so pure. Don't you see? I, they seem to be doing Avedizara. That's not who they are. You can't equate a Shegeg like a Mezid. You can't equate an Aines like a Ratzin. It was all the Aines. Dibor. We were Ainsim. We were Anusim Mitzrayim. We weren't there because we wanted to be there. The pressure was too great for us. We weren't able to withstand the temptations of Mitzrayim, but that's not who we are. And that's why your question of Manishtana Eum Eros Akifet, it's not a question, Bechlau. You can't ask this question that why are the Jewish people different? They're also of it as a. It was an Aines. It was an Aines. It was a Shaigeg. It was Adas. There was a shibit on our minds. We weren't able to think. Our minds were so brainwashed. We were in captivity. When you're in captivity, you do crazy things sometimes. That's why we have a desire. But once they leave Mitzrayim, now you're going to see the real Yid. Now you're going to see once they're out of captivity, how they shine. How glorious the people they are. It's going to be an all-new view of Klai Yisrael. But you just have to get out of the Shibud. Because when you're in a Shibud, you're not responsible for what you do as a Yid. But when you have a chance to leave the Shibud, then you'll see how they are so not Mitzri. They are so not into Avedizarah. They are so not into Averis and Taivas. They are Yid. And the Yid is different. You just have to take the Yid out of captivity. And that's, I believe, the answer that every father gives his child on Seder night. When the child has this question of Manishtana, Avayla what are we doing here? We're sitting around the Seder table. Who are we kidding? This is not who we are. Every other night of the year, I'm doing everything but being so from and so holy. I'm doing other stuff. <coughs> and now all of a sudden, tonight, we decide to act in such a holy manner. I'm not buying it. we trying to kid. Why is this night suddenly different from all other nights? Last night I'm not like this. Tomorrow night I'm not going to be like this. So what's going on? It's hypocritical what we're doing. We're sitting around the table. We're playing charades. We're playing games. This is not who we are. And the father answers the child exactly the same way that HaKadosh Baruch Hu answered Uzzah Sarashal Mitzrayim. Avadim hayinu You have to appreciate that your question is not really a question. Because just like in Mitzrayim, when we were Avadim, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu took us out of Mitzrayim, it created a brand new paradigm for Kla Yisrael. When we were in Egypt, we also were Avad Avadizara. And then in one night, on Sunday night, everything changed. We were able to go from being Avad Avadizara to being on our journey, on our trek towards Mount Taira, overnight, in one night, as soon as we left captivity, suddenly 
all those questions fell away because it was clear that it was an Ainus. It was clear that it was a Shaigig. It wasn't B'mezid. It wasn't B'rapsin. It was Mitzvah. Tir of Hadas. When a person has Tir of Hadas, he can't think clearly. Tonight is not a charade. Tonight is reality. The rest of the year is a charade. The rest of the year is when we act unnaturally. Tonight's the one night that we have to act actually how we really are. We are B'nai Chayrin now. And we are B'nai Malachim now. And we act special because we are special. And your question is not a question. Because your question is premised on the fact that what you are during the rest of the year is the real you, and tonight's the hypocrisy. The truth of the matter is that tonight is the real you, and the rest of the year is the question. You should be asking Manishtana the rest of the year, and Satan night should be the one night that it's clear who you really are. And a father has to explain to his child that this is who we are. When we're B'nai Chayim, when we have a chance to tear ourselves away from all of the pervasive Abedizaris of the world and just simply sit around and talk about Taira and Mitzvahs and about how great Klai Yisrael is and about the Shabbat and Haidah and how all that HaKadosh Baruch Hu deserves for taking us out of Mitzrayim, for making us the Amanivcha, for doing all the Nisim constantly to save us from Golos. On such a night, on such a night, we should feel natural. This is who we really are. And if a child could walk away from Seder night with that, with that understanding that this is who I am, this is who I really want to be, this is me as the truest person without all of the, the temptations, then a person can go forward from Seder night a different person. Because now he has a template, now he has an idea of who he really is, and now we can use that as a model for how we should be more closely the entire year. The entire year we should be Seder Yidin. We should be Yidin that look like we're at the Seder. Every night, every Shabbos, every Yantif, should be, we should be this pure Bnei Chayrin, Bnei Malachim, special, Amanibchar, not like the Gayim, not like everybody else in the world, running and doing, and we have to be special, because we are special. And when we could break free from the Abedizara of the world tonight, and we could feel that freedom of the soul to really do what it wants to do, and not to feel encaptured and enslaved in all the sordid things that everyone else is doing, we should hop that moment in time and take that with us and try to use that to plan the rest of our life. The Gemara says in Brachis that one of the Amiram after every Shemana Esra used to say, all we want is to do your Ratzin. That's all I want. So why am I not doing that? What's being ma'akeh me from doing that? What's holding me back from being the perfect Jew? What's holding me back from being a tzaddik? Why can't I be a tzaddik? The answer is, Sa'ar Shebi Isa Veshiba Goliath. There's a Sa'ar Shebi Isa. Sa'ar Shebi Isa means the yeast in the dough, which is a, a euphemism for the Avedizah, for, for the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara is always trying to get us. If I would be able to somehow neuter that Yitzhahara, you would see how great my Ratzin is to do your Ratzin. But I always have on me this Yitzhahara that's giving me a full court press, not allowing me to do what I really want to do. But you should know that I really want to be with you. That's the sentiment, not just of an Amaira, thousands of years ago. It's the sentiment of every single Yid. Every Yid deep down inside wants to do the Ratzin of HaKadosh That's all we want to do. We want to be those pure Jews. 
that when they daven, they daven. When they learn, they learn. And when they do mitzvahs, they do mitzvahs. That's what we want to do. We all want that. There's just one problem. We have this Sahara that's so formidable. And that every minute of every day makes us do things contrary to what we want to do. He's brilliant, the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah always figures out a way to get me away from my Gemara. Always figures out a way for me to look at something that I'm not supposed to look at. For me, be, for me to be involved in something that's wrong. And I feel guilty and I feel awful when I do it. So why am I doing it? Because he's very smart. And he's able to mishabit us. He puts us into this shibud, into this full Nelson that we're not able to break out of. We have to constantly submit to everything that he wants us to submit to. And he makes us so needy of his approval that we can never do what we really want to do. So therefore we run here and we run there and we look at this and we look at that. And we're thinking about this and that and we're, we're planning all types of things except we know that we don't really want to do it. So why are we doing it? Because the Sahara is telling us that this is what we should be doing. And the Sahara comes in many forms and takes the shape. He's the man of a thousand faces. He could do whatever he wants. He disguised himself brilliantly. Say their nights the one night that we could really say this tefillah with Kabbalah, with Shema Malchus. We want to do what you want to do. We want to do exactly what you want us to do. We want to be your Abad. We don't want to be an Abad to an Abad called the Eight Sahara. What's stopping us? The Sarshavisa, the Chametz. But tonight it's only Matzah. Tonight is a night that we could break free from that Yetzirah and show HaKadosh Baruch Hu that this is the real me. And not feel hypocritical. That's Uzzah's question. Uzzah was answered that you can't compare a Yid without a, without a taskmaster over him shines. And that's what we have to tell our children. Don't feel that tonight is different. We were slaves to power in Egypt. HaKadosh took us out of there. And because of that experience, then we were able to really be free. Before that, we were able to have But nobody felt hypocritical marching out of Mitzrayim because then we knew as soon as we would get out of Mitzrayim, we could do what the Ratzon Hashem is. And that's the same exact thing for each and every one of us. As bad as we may behave throughout the entire year, that's because there's the Sahara, there's Shibud Malchias, there's Sar Shabi'isa, there's Chametz, that's inflating us and inflating our, our hearts. Pesach night is the real, it's the truest night of the year. It's the night that you could sit around. Tzadikim Yeshman and Benching, we say a beautiful Haisaf and the Harachamans. We say, it's a Yayim Shet Tzadikim Yeshman. You should give us the ability to experience a time that Sadiqim are Yeshvin and they have this crown, this glorious halo over their heads and they get Hanav from the Shekhinah. We want to be like those Sadiqim. And that's what the Seder is supposed to be. It's supposed to be this beautiful experience that a family has together of holiness and piety and righteousness and all good things. And this is what we are. This is really what we are. And the rest of the year is different. And we know that that's not who we are, but tonight should be the night that we realize that this is who I am and this is who I want to be. And if a parent is able to explain that to a child, then the child will walk away being a different human being. You know, we wear a kittle on Seder night. Many people's minig is. And it, of course, brings up memories of Yom Kippur 
And it's a very similar concept. This shmuz is really sort of interchangeable with the Yom Kippur shmuz because I think the most commonly asked question to me as a mashkiach since the day I started here about 13 years ago, every Elul without fail, I get many guys asking me the same question. That is, what's going on over here? We do Elul, Rashani and Kippur, we're propping Alchets, we're such good boys. We know, we know that it's not going to last. This is not really us, this is not reality. What's going to be tomorrow? Tomorrow I'm not going to do what, I, what I'm propping Alchets about doing? And if not tomorrow, next week, next month, Hanukkah time, Purim time, I'm not going to be back in the saddle doing the same exact things? I mean, who are we kidding? It's Mamish the Manishtana. It's the Manishtana. Why is Yom Kippur different than all other nights? Yom Kippur, we're not eating, we're, we're, we're angels. Angels, big, I'm the angel. Let me tell you something about being an angel. I'm no angel. It's the same question. It's Manishtana. And the answer is exactly the same answer. That Yom Kippur is a night and it's a day that we're showing our Kaddish who we really, really are. This is the day. This is the day to show our Kaddish When you take away the Yitzhara, you take away the food, you take away all the Taivas, now I'm going to shine. This is who I am. The rest of the year, that's the aberration. Tonight and today is the day that I could prove to you what I really am. There's a Meister of the Chatzka Levenstein, the, the great saintly mashkiach of, of, of the, the Mir later in Panovich, when he, in Eretz Yisrael. And Chatzka went with the yeshiva to Shanghai. We know during the Second World War, one of the biggest Nisan that happened was that Claudius, that the yeshiva's Mir, one of the great yeshivas in Europe, somehow, miraculously, we were able to go on the Trans-Siberian Railroad across Russia and then go across to Asia and spend the warriors in Shanghai and they were able to set up a new yeshiva there and they, they learned there with tremendous asmada. Tremendous asmada, and it was terrible the time that they were there. There's letters from Bachram writing home or they didn't even know what was going on with their families. They knew, they feared the worst. Imagine being a yeshiva in, 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 in Asia and you don't know if your family is alive or not in Europe and you're, you're amongst Asians and you just, it's just such a bizarre experience but they, they had a smodat suma there and it was Yom Kippur and in Shanghai and Yom Kippur it was boiling hot. So even though normally yeshiva bachrim, you know, in, in the mirror in Europe wore their, their suits on Yom Kippur, but they got a special hefter, they only had to wear their shirts. They didn't have to wear jackets because it was so hot. There was no air conditioning, there was no fans, it was just, it was a terrible, terrible situation all around. Between the heat and the stress and wondering what was happening with our families and Yom Kippur, and it was just so much. And Reb Chatzko was there, Reb Chatzko didn't Go, go for that hat there for himself. And he wore his frack and he wore a kittel on top of the frack and he must have been boiling. But he was davening like only Reb Chatzko could and he was, you know, the way Reb Chatzko on, 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 in general, he davened very long Shemana Esrei's and on Yom Kippur they say that one Shemana Esrei sort of met the next Shemana Esrei. So he'd go from, he'd daven like a whole night a Meyer of Dikr Shemana Esrei and then he would, in the next morning, he would go to Shachar, Shachar would, his Shemana Esri would go all the way till Musaf, Musaf would go till Mincha, Mincha would go to Tini'ilah. He was basically a whole day of Shemana Esri. And it was an amazing Yom Kippur, because it was the Yom Kippur that beat all Yom Kippurs ever, with all of the Kavanis and all the Pachat and the Yira and the Ema and Reb Chatzko there and every... It was just an amazing moment that Yom Kippur. And at the end of Yom Kippur, the boys knew that Reb Chatzko would dive in a very long Shemana Esri deep into Matzah Yom Kippur. And they wanted to give Reb Chatzko nachas. So what they did was they decided amongst themselves that they would, right after Mayrev and Kiddush Levana, they would go and 
you know, sort of wolf down a quick bite to eat after Yom Kippur. And then as soon as they would eat, they would bench and they would run back to the base Medrash and they would learn with Vaita Hasmada after Yom Kippur. And when Rukhatsko makes Isa Shalom and turns around after Ishmael Esrei, he'll see a whole base Medrash full of Talmidim sitting and learning on Matzah Yom Kippur, the hardest night of the year to learn. And he'll get tremendous nachas. This will give the Mashkiach amazing nachas. The Kachava, they ate their meal very quickly. They went back to the base Medrash and they were learning and it was a huge kaltair. Rukhatsko turns around and he, he can't get over the sight before him. And he asks if he could speak for a few moments. And Rukhatsko gets up and he says as follows. He says, I know... I know what's going through all of your minds. That this Yom Kippur was unbelievable. And that we attained the highest of Hasagas, the highest of Madregas ever. The Shemina Esres and the, and the Batpashas and the Bechias and the Biduyim. And all the Mitzvah Hayyim. This is a day that we were angels. This is a day that we'll never get back. And I know that you're thinking that it's not tenable to stay on this madrega, and that we're going to fall, and that our Shemaneshwes will never be this way again, and that we're going to get the eight Sahara back into us again, we're going to do normal things again, and we're not going to be able to maintain these elevated, lofty plateaus that we have accomplished today, and it makes us feel worried and maybe guilty and maybe hypocritical. And I want you to know something. Let me tell you a marshal. He says, once upon a time, there was a, a man that was very wealthy. And he built for himself a beautiful palace. <coughs> a beautiful, huge palace. Like a, imagine like a Buckingham Palace. And he wanted to make a huge Chanukah Sabayas when he was finished with the palace. And after spending millions of dollars on this home... There was one thing that remained to be done, and that was he was going to put on the roof of this edifice a beautiful, like, statue right in the middle of the roof, and that would be the Makibipatish of the whole building. And everybody would be standing on the grass in front of the home, and he would be, like, with a crane, you know, a crane would be dropping it down, he would sort of be fastening it, and everybody would applaud as soon as it said, and that would be the end of the ceremony, that would be the Chanukah Zabayas, and then everybody would go to eat. And there are hundreds of people on the front lawn, and they're all invited to this lavish affair, and he's standing on the roof, and he's affixing this statue right in the middle of the roof, and he loses his footing. And he's like trying to grab onto something he's not able to and he falls all the way off the roof to the front lawn right in the middle of the whole crowd. And people right away are like running over to him and seeing if he's okay, if he's alive. And he's like looking from the floor, he's looking downwards at his building, at his house that he invested so much time and resource in. And he... He's just crying that my building has fallen, my building has fallen. The mansion that I built, it's, it's gone. And look at it, it's upside down. And people say, no. The mansion is still standing. You have fallen. But the mansion is still standing. We're going to have to repair you. You, you broke some bones. We're going to get you to the hospital. But you should know you'll get better. We're going to have to fix you up a little bit. We'll bandage you up. You'll be fine. And you should just know the mansion that you built is Chai Vakayim. It's around. It's here. It's just as good. You fell. But your mansion is still intact. Erkatsko looks at the Elam in Shanghai and says, I want you to know something. What we have done today on this Yom Kippur is we have built a mansion a mansion of Ruchnius. And you should know that this mansion that we built will be with us forever and ever and ever. We will always have this mansion. I, we're going to fall. 
it's inevitable. If we fall, we have fallen. And we're going to have to do tshuva for that. And we will. But never think for a second that all the tefillahs and all the bakashas and all the bachiyas and all the tachanunim and all the viduyim were in vain and that it's broken. It's not. It's intact. It is here forever for us. And if we fall, it's just a personal nefillah and we'll get up, we'll dust ourselves off like we always do, do tshuva and get back on our two feet. But what we built is eternal. And that's what Seder night is also. Seder night is a time that we recognize that this is who we are. We're building this mansion, this beautiful estate for ourselves. If we're able to internalize all the amunah and the bitachim, the ideals, the beauty of Seder night, the chayrus of Seder night, if we're able to take those in and imbue our children with that Yisayid of Amunah and Bitachin and Haidah and Halal, we build for ourselves an eternal palace that we always have access to. And it's true that down the road we may stray and we may falter, but that's a personal thing that we will we'll be on the mend, we'll do tshuva, it's the Sar Shabi Isa that got us. But tonight we show, on Seder night we prove, that when we don't have the Sar Shabi Isa, and we have just Matzah, and we're able to be Bnei Chayrin, this is who we are. This is who we want to be. This is when we can make Kabbalahs on ourselves to break free of all the chains of Golas. You know, the Chidah has in his Agadah on Halachma Anya, he says that Lachma, Lamed Chas Mem Aleph, if you spell it backwards, it's Rashi Tevis, Avino Malkeno Chatano Lefanecha. Halachma. We go into the Seder night with a Vidui. Avino Malkeno Chatano Lefanecha. The whole year, I've sinned. I've done terrible abeiris throughout this past year. And I'm sorry for that. But now we're going into the Seder and we free ourselves from the shackles of that guilt with the knowledge that that's not who we were. We were a Nusim. We were a Shaitigin. We were a Meshubin. We had Tirifadas. That wasn't us. We were chayte before you true, but that was a personal mistake that was committed out of pure shibud. But tonight, we're b'nei chayrin. Tonight, there's no more sar shebe'isa. Tonight's the night that I could show you who I really am. Avinu malkeinu chatanu lefanecha. But don't let that harm my understanding of who I am tonight. And let me be able to answer my child, the Manishtana, showing him that this is who we really are. That's what causes the Abedazara that we have. When we're Bnei Chayrin, there's no more Abedazara. That's when we are really able to be the Abde Hashem, the Abde Pari. In case you think that. It's a dream that on Seder night I'm really going to be able to be inspired enough that it's going to really be life-altering, that it's going to be able to change the, the entire trajectory of my life. Rav Shimshim Pincus, in that Dhamma to his Haggadah, it's brought how he himself, his life, was changed from a Pesach, the story I think is well known he was a bachur in Brisk and all of his friends went back to America he stayed in Eretz Yisrael and he had to clean out his dira, his apartment and it was Lel Yudal, it was Allah Basar the night of the Badika, and he scrubbed the whole apartment and with tremendous mysterious nefesh 
And then all of a sudden, as he was about to wrap up the Bidika, it dawned on him that there was an attic in that dira that wasn't cleaned. They had access to an attic and it wasn't cleaned. And he was starting to come up with all types of terutsim and eterim, why he shouldn't have to clean it, and it's not only his attic, and maybe nobody went in there, and who would eat chametz up there. And he came up with a lot of different excuses, but finally said to himself, no, because I'm going to do a job. And he went up to the attic, and he turned the lights on, and he saw that there was like a, a foot of dirt and dust and grime up there. And he said, Apple Pecane, I'm going to scrub it away. Because before I can even do a badika, first I have to get rid of the dust and the dirt to see if there's comments. And he rolled up his sleeves and he got a bucket of water and a mop. And he mopped for hours and hours the whole night. He was spending mopping this dirty attic until he was finally able to finish. And then he was worried that how am I going to be able to, you know, go to davening tomorrow morning? And how am I going to be able to learn tomorrow morning? But for some reason, from that act of mysterious nefesh, he, he was like on fire. And the next morning he woke up for davening, and he davened unbelievably, like he never davened before. And he spent the whole day learning, and then he's like, but how am I going to stay up for the Seder night? I'm going to be exhausted. But he stayed up the entire Seder night, with the most beautiful Seder ever. And then, the whole Yom Tif was like that. And then Shabbos followed, like it does this year, the last day was Shabbos, he went into Shabbos, and from then on, he writes, he never landed his plane. He never came down from that high. It all started when he broke the shackles of Shibud that were also Meshubah to the Yitzhara, to having everything easy and clean and nice and not having to ever really do anything extra for the Rabbi Shalom. But once you do that, and once you show that this is who I really am, I want to do your ruts, and whatever the ruts it entails, you tell me what to do and I'll do it. If Claudius Yisrael were able to be Meisir Nefesh of Lechbeth, Akhreb, and Midbar, we could do what HaKadosh Baruch wants also. And once we start on that journey, starting from Pesach, your whole life can change. From a Pesach. Chassidish Yisvarim writes that if you look in the beginning of Manishtana, right before Manishtana, every Haggadah has a lush, except for, of course, the one that I'm using, uh, but every Haggadah has in fine print the Khan Haben Shoyel. And now the son asks a question. Every Haggadah. If you look in your Haggadah, you'll see it says the Khan Haben Shoyel. It's like sort of a prompter before Manishtana. Now the, the son asks. The Hasidish is far more right than when it says the Khan Haben Shoyel. What that means is that now is the time for every son, for every child, for every year to be Shoyel, to Mavakesh, whatever you want from the Rabbi Shoyel. You could beg HaKadosh Baruch Hu for anything that you want. At this point in the Agadah, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will answer you. The Kana Ben Shayel. The power of a Seder night is so great. And everybody has their personal Bapashis. Everybody has their personal requests, their Ratzin, that they need from the Rabbi Yishayim. Some people need Parnassah. Some people need children. Some people need a shidduch. Some people need health. Some people need happiness. Everybody has their own personal bakashas by the Kana ben Shail. But I think the ultimate thing that we have to ask the Rabbi Shalom in the context of this, of this Shmuz is to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to break me free from all of the chains of the Eitzhara. It's so difficult this star that we live in is the hardest generation ever. There are Kadmainim that write that a mitzvah that was done by the earlier Dairis, you can't compare that to a mitzvah that's done by us. Because in the earlier Dairis, they didn't have the Eitzaharis that they had in nowadays. And nowadays, 
who I'm quoting was the 1600s, the 1500s. They didn't imagine what the nowadays of nowadays is. The Yetzirah that is so rampant, that's in our pockets, in the forms of smartphones and internet and all the Taivas Laminehem and that we're expected to be able to then be Eved Hashem, it's almost impossible. It's almost impossible because we're so mishubed the whole year. It's so addictive. It's not possible. It's so addictive to constantly check your emails and to constantly check your texts and, and your phone and to check your Facebook and to check your, your, your Twitter and to this. It's, it's, it's people are busy the whole day with nothing. But the Sahara has us so in his... In his, in his spell, that it's impossible to break free of that spell. And that's what causes us to ask the Manishtana because we can't even imagine how we could be free like the Haggadah is portraying us to be. Vikana ben Shayel, after ben Shalom, before the Manishtana, to be able to allow us to feel a little bit of freedom on Seder night to be able to feel that we're no longer encumbered by all of the technology and by all of the Saharas, all the Avedizaras that constantly are pulling us towards them. That's not who we are. That's not who we are. And there comes a point in our life that we have to make decisions, all of us, about how indebted and how much servitude are we going to be to technology? How meshubba do we want to be? Or how free could we be from it? Pesach is a time that we have to understand that we could be free if we want to be free. When we're free, we're unbelievable. When we're locked up, we're Ayyad Abed and the choice has to be made on Seder night, the Kana ben Shayel. Ask HaKadosh Baruch I want to do what the right thing is. Give me the ability to do that. Give me the ability. It's impossible during the rest of the year. It's even hard right now to talk about. Because it seems like such a far-fetched dream to be able to break ourselves away from these Avedizaris, from these technologies, from these Yetzaharis, from this Sarsh Isa. It's hard to talk about. But because we're already in the week of Pesach, in the Iris of Pesach, we could begin to talk about it, but the Lela Seder, think about these things. Let's all think about these things and ask HaKadosh Baruch to give us the freedom and the clarity to make Kabbalah's Pleneder to minimize, if not completely eradicate, that Yetzirah from us. Obviously, technology is important, and we can't, we're not saying that, you know, but we know what we're talking about. The Yetzirahs that we could do away with, the Yetzirahs that are bad for us, that are corrosive to our neshamas, we have to try to rid ourselves from those, from those tools and those, those terrible things that bring us down and take us away from doing your rutzen. Seder night is the time that we could be this. We could taste the freedom. We could taste the tamat v'fiv. The minig in my mishpach, I don't know if it's a common minig, is that the we take on the second night a piece of the afikaiman and we put it away till the next seder and we burn it by the, by the burning of the chametz as if to say that that tam matzah, if you want it, you could have that taste in your mouth, not just on Pesach, but the entire year. You could take the matzah, the freedom, the lack of the sar Esau that you were able to accomplish on seder night and take that in your pocket the entire year and replace that instead of the eight Sahara that we keep there. The Kana ben Shayo, it's a time to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help us because it's so difficult. But we could do it. Repinkus was able to do it. Many others were able to do it, and we could do it also. Mitzah Hashem, you should all go home. Shavachach, a beautiful Chag, and celebrate it nicely with your family. Help out when you go home. Make a Kiddush Hashem. Show your parents what you...
accomplished not just in learning in yeshiva, but also in midas and derecheretz. Help your mothers do shopping, set the table, clear the table, be a Kiddush Hashem. And personally, by the Seder, no matter what's going on, by every Seder, every Seder is different. Some Siddharam are more spiritual, some are less, some are more loud, some are quieter. But regardless, snatch away a few minutes of time and think about the things that we've spoken about. That the questions of the Manishtana are questions of hypocrisy. And that the answer is an answer of clarity. That Abadim Ayinu, we were Abadim, tonight we're free, this is who we are, this is what we want to be forever. And if we're able to resolve that this is who we really are and make commitments to follow in the Pesach Dik of Mahalach for the rest of our life, then Amir Hashem will be the beginning of our Geula, our personal Geula, our national Geula, and we should be Zeicha to eat min apsachim min azvachim, and we should be Zeicha Mitzah Hashem to celebrate in Yerushalayim HaBenuya Ken Yerotzim.